Welcome to the God, Sex, and You podcast. My name is Dustin Daniels, and I am your host. Well, I am super stoked about today's interview. We're going to be speaking with Ken Nair. He is the author of Discovering the Mind of a Woman. He is also the founder of Christ Quest Ministries. You can visit him online at ChristQuestMinistries.com. And we're going to be talking about his book. You're going to hear my story and how it changed my life and and my marriage um, in this in this podcast. If um, so, all that to say, gentlemen, if you are struggling right now with communication to your better half, <laughs> well, it is God's timing, my friend, because this podcast, along with next week's podcast, is for you. So let's get right to it. Here's Ken Nair. Uh, on today's episode of God, Sex, and You. One of the pastors at my church gave me a book to read last year. He told me this amazing story of how he read this book before he got married and, and how it changed his life. So I was intrigued and, and I love to read, so I put this book on my reading stack. And fast forward to just a a few months ago, and my wife and I, uh, we seemed to not be on the same page, and we were increasingly becoming more frustrated with each other. And well, it just so happened that Amy's mother needed help out of town with her business, and so, so we decided it would be good for her to visit her mom and help. And we both knew that we also needed a break from one another. But of course, we were just, you know, we were just too polite to say that. <laughs> and, and during the, the 10 days that Amy was gone, I started reading that book. And it's titled Discovering the Mind of a Woman. The author is Ken Nair. And I, I got to chapter four and I had to stop. And I had to stop because I knew that Amy needed to get home so I could go through this book with her. I needed to confess my sin towards her. I needed to repent of my attitude towards her. And this book, man, I tell you, it was so unbelievably timely. It was exactly what I need, needed to read at that moment to understand why we weren't on the same page. And that kind of sounds like a God thing, doesn't it? Well, I just, I realized that I couldn't wait to confess my, my sin until she got home. I had to call her and at least start the conversation, so I did that. But when she got home a few days later, we went through the first chapter of this book together. And I went over all my highlighted areas in the book of, of what the author Ken Nair said, and I shared with her my thoughts, and I confessed my sin. And we talked and we cried. And at the end of about an hour... Something happened that I've never seen or experienced. Amy excused herself, and she went to the bedroom, and she crawled into the bed, and she wept. And it was, it was a type of crying that I've never seen before. It was, it was what, what I would say like a deep cry, a deep cry of relief. And see, my sin was not putting her first. My sin, I was putting the, the ministry of seven places. I was putting this radio show. I was putting other people first. 
And I would make excuses. I rationalized my behavior. But at the end of the day, I sinned greatly against my wife. And I'm ashamed of that. And I confess that to you as James 5.16 command. And it's just like God to make messes into ministries. Or in this case, a radio show. So I'm excited to have Ken there, author of Discovering the Mind of a Woman, with me in studio today. Ken is also the founder of Christ Quest Ministries. Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good here to be with you. I, uh, I, I was reading through your bio, and you have literally discipled thousands of men over 40 years. Is that right? Yes. That is absolutely insane. I, I love it. Um, and, and you disciple uh, families and men through this book that I'm talking about. Is that right? Discovering the Mind of a Woman? Yes, that's the starting place. That's the starting place? Yeah, the book is the starting place. And then there's a study guide that goes with it after you've read the book. And then if you read the book and you're still interested, we have a seminar. And then after that is a three-year discipleship course. And that's full of lessons and Bible study homework and uh, group meetings and practical application. Ken, let's let's talk about just a, a little background on you. How did you get started in, in this discipleship uh, world? Uh, give us a, a little bit of of what your idea of home and family looked like as a as a kid growing up. Okay, thanks. Um, I grew up in an orphanage, in, in a couple of orphanages. Um, and uh, my introduction into the world, uh, my mom uh, got some afterbirth difficulties, and so we went to a foster home mm. and were there for a couple of years. And then we went into our first orphanage. My, I have a twin brother. Mm. Okay. And he's my older brother by 12 minutes. <laughs> and uh, so we went into the orphanage and I, uh, she was single woman uh, because she, uh, she was married, but the man she married was, she married to give the boys a name mm-hmm. so that we wouldn't be illegitimate. And so because she was still single, she was having to work, couldn't take care of us. So we went into orphanages and the second orphanage I went into was a Christian orphanage. And you could go to any church you wanted to, as long as it's Nazarene. And oh. I accepted Christ as my Savior at 13 in that church. And the interesting thing to me was that I, it was a particularly stirring testimony or sermon. Mm. And I felt I wanted to do something. And an elderly, silver-haired gentleman, and I almost hate saying that anymore, <laughs> uh, reached up, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, do you want to go forward? And I'm like, yeah. And so I went forward, received Christ as my Savior, uh, never saw that guy again, never saw him before, never saw him after. Wow. Uh, but anyhow, uh, at that point then, um, my mom um, remarried and invited us home at 14. And so... I had no familiarity with what a family was, uh, what a marriage was, and no frame of reference at all. So when I got married uh, to Nancy, uh, that was a highlight of my life. Sure. But I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. Mm. The only thing I knew about women was what the guys told me. And boy, were they wrong. Right. And so I had to start from there. And we had been married for 13 years when Nancy said to me, uh, I married you, that was my choice. 
So I guess I got to live with my choice. But the kids did not. They didn't have a choice. And I am not going to let you do to them what you do to me. And I thought, what are you saying? Mm. And she said, I, I don't want you to damage the kids like you did me. I'm like, are you telling me that you're trying to protect the children from me? And she said, absolutely. Well, that was kind of a wake-up call for me. Sure, absolutely. And so at that point, I thought, okay, um, I was working for a Christian ministry, and uh, I, I did not know that you could be emotionally abused so severely until I went to that ministry and was working there. I remember I would come home from uh, things that were going on there. Uh, for example, I use the illustration that uh, there were four single guys there, 14 single secretaries, uh, one other married man, and myself. And they would have me loading a semi-truck in the middle of the night so it'd be ready to go. And I'm thinking, why don't they have single guys here doing this? I could be home with my family. And so I remember going home, and she gave me the, the, the head shake. Like she said, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And when she gave me a head shake, she didn't say anything. And I said, what's that mean? She says, you do the same thing to me. I said, I've never had you loading a truck in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so we talked for about three hours on that before I realized wow. it was the emotions she was saying. Mm. What you felt when they did that to you is what I feel because you treat me the same way. Wow. Disrespectfully, et cetera. And so I spent the next eight years trying to figure out how to live with my wife in an understanding way because I read the Bible. Uh, and in fact, I was walking home one night from work because I, I didn't get to go on a staff retreat with them because Nancy didn't want me to. Mm. We just moved there, had been there for about three weeks. Our furniture was arriving. She said, uh, no, you can't go on a staff retreat. The furniture's coming. And I'm thinking, the people who unload the truck will put everything exactly where you want. You don't need me to be there. <laughs> right. And she was insistent. Uh, so I had her talk to my boss, and my boss uh, talked to her and decided I wasn't going to go. And I was so stinking angry. No, wait a minute. Christians don't get angry. Very upset. <laughs> and so I'm walking home, and as I'm walking home, I felt the Holy Spirit as though the Holy Spirit was asking me a question. Is, do you love your wife? And I thought, no. That shocked me. That surprised me because I thought I did before. Mm. And so when I realized that, I thought, God, I've got to do something about this. And I asked him, this is back in 1971. I said, God, would you help me learn how to love my wife from your perspective? Would you help me learn how to be her spiritual leader in fact, not just in title? But I didn't have any idea what I was asking for. Boy, was I in for a surprise. Right. But that's where it started. That is absolutely amazing. Well, your book really struck many, many chords with me personally, and I, I can't thank you enough for it. Um, we, we're going to talk about the four male prejudices. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start with the number one prejudice when we return, and, and that is that Women are impossible to understand. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast with Ken Nair. Isn't he great? It only gets better, let me tell you. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, hey, thanks for listening. You may also like my book, especially if you're struggling 
with the sin of lust and specifically pornography. It's called the sex spiral, forgiven and free from pornography. The spiral is going to teach you two things. Number one, it's going to teach you God's design for sexuality. And then number two, how to exit the triggers of porn addiction. Because it is for freedom that Christ set you free. You are not intended, not meant to be a slave to lust or sexual sin. So if you want some more information on that, visit my website at dustindaniels.org. All right, let's get back to the show with Ken there. And Ken, in your book, you, you talk about the four male prejudices about women. And the, the first one is this idea that women are just impossible to understand. And you, you tell us in the book that you brought that attitude into your marriage. Yep. How did that work for you? <laughs> um, if you ask any man anywhere in the world, do you understand the mind of woman? What's his response going to be? And, and I asked it yesterday, and the guy says, impossible. Right. And no, it can't be done, etc. And yet it's a command from God in the Bible. Husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. Yeah. And, and it's not a request. It's not a, what do you think about the idea of? It's a command. And so I'm reading that and I'm thinking, okay, uh, this seems impossible to me. Why would God ask me to do something that's impossible? And he wouldn't. But I had no idea what it would take to learn to live with her in an understanding way because she lives in a different place than I do. She lives in her heart. I live in my head. Mm. And so it, it's going to require then that I become, if, see, because, well, let me give you this idea. Um, I was at a women's Bible study, and they were asked me to speak there. And I mentioned this. It says, husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. And one of the women said to me, that applies to women too. And I said, really? I said, it says, husbands, and I think God knows the difference when he wrote that. <laughs> yes, indeed. So yeah. if it says husbands live with your wife in an understanding way, and it doesn't say women too, then the command is to husbands. But I didn't know why until so I understood they live at a different place. They live in their heart. I live in my head. And so does God want me to learn how to live in my heart? Now, let me make the change. The word heart in the Bible the Jews and the Greeks used the word heart to depict the center of a person's being, their essence, their spirit. So when it talks about uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, it's not that the, the muscle that pumps blood has the capacity to think. It's that he's talking about the spirit. The spirit has a mind. Uh, and so I'm looking at that and I say, okay, I have to live with my wife in an understanding way. And she lives in her spirit. And that means I have to learn how to understand her spirit because I'm commanded to be her spiritual leader. Right. And I don't even know what that means. And I've asked guys, do you, do you know how to lead your wife's spirit? And they're like, what? I said, do you know how to lead your wife's spirit? I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. So I had to learn that, mm. to learn that when my wife says something, she's talking from her heart. I'm listening from my head. So let's say a wife says to her husband, why don't you just stick a knife in me and get it over with? And the husband says, excuse me, you want me to stick a knife in you? She says, no. Well, that's what you said. Yeah, I know that's what I said, but that's not what I mean. Well, if it's not what you mean, why'd you say it? And the wife ends up saying, I'm sorry I even talked to you. I don't want to talk to you. Forget I even said anything. And the husband's like, and you think I got a problem? You talk crazy. 
But if he understood her, he would say, she is saying, you hurt me so bad, so much, so often, it's killing me. If you want to kill me, why don't you just stick a knife in me and get it over with? Because you hurt me so bad. Mm, Wow. And he doesn't know that. Why? Because he doesn't live with his wife in an understanding way. So I had to learn a different language. I had to learn how to speak womanese. (laughs) And that does not come natural. So women are not impossible to understand from God's perspective. He's very clear in his word. And and whether or not we're going to take the initiative to work towards that goal. That's the difficulty. Uh, They're not impossible to understand, difficult, but not difficult because they're difficult, but because difficult because I got to get my sin nature to yield to God and the Holy Spirit in me and make myself, like Scripture talks about, self-control, discipline, et cetera. I have to discipline myself. Yeah. Women are impossible to understand. That is the first male prejudice about women. Number two, Ken, uh, you write that women, that, that we believe that women are the real problem. Oh, yeah. And I believe the church almost uh, emphasizes that. Because, um, for example, uh, let's say a husband says, she's always pushing my buttons. And so the leadership or the counselor in the Christian community will say, well, stop pushing his buttons. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. If she's pushing your buttons, do you notice that every time she pushes your buttons, your sin nature shows up? She's like, yeah. I said, you have your very own personal private flesh revealer. <laughs> so of but we don't want that, Ken. I hear you. <laughs> but, but instead of saying get her to stop pushing the buttons, get rid of the buttons. And she's showing you where the buttons are that you can get rid of. But to get rid of it, I'm going to have to understand God's ways. And w- w- the word sin in the Christian community is almost obsolete anymore. Mm-hmm. But if I am reacting in an unchristlike way towards my wife, that's sin. Let's say, for example, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm reading something, and I'm into it. And Nancy calls my name. And I look up with an impatient, disgusted look on my face, and I say, what? Right. Now, is that sin? And my sin nature says, no, I just ask what, and it de- it redefines that sin in a way that's not sinful, so that it can still stay that influence in my life. Mm. And so, uh, what I need to learn how to do is recognize that God has used her to help me see my sin, to help me. Oh, where have I heard that word before? Helper. She's my helper, designed as such by God to help me. Help me what? If I learn to live with her in an understanding way, I'll be familiar with a different realm. I'll learn how to speak. I'll have to learn how to speak womanese. <laughs> you know, I uh, I love your example in your book uh, on uh, this this male prejudice that women are the real problem because you you say. In your some of your conference, the, the guys are like, "Hey, Ken, when are you going to get to the women? Yeah. Let's deflect here." And what does that question reveal about us? I don't think I'm the problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if she ask calls me in the middle of my doing something and I say what, I don't think that's a problem. I think she interrupted me. Well, I'm supposed to be like Christ, who 
who said, come unto me, all you're weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest if you don't ask me at the wrong time. <laughs> I can only be Christ-like when it's convenient for me, right, <laughs> right, Ken? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the idea is if he if I'm going to if my goal is to be like Christ and that's that's my goal. See, I want every encounter that Nancy has with me for her to feel like she's had an encounter with Christ. That's my goal. When we actually start looking like Christ, then obviously the dynamics of the marriage change completely. Totally. We don't even know cuz it hasn't happened enough for us to see that if I can learn how to lay down my life for my wife, like Christ did for the church, that she will follow. We don't see examples of that. Uh, can I give you one? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy whose wife left him. They were leaders in the church. And because they were leaders in the church, uh, everybody looked to them for leadership. Well, they were having some problems. So she went to her leadership in the church And she wanted to know if they could help her with the problems. And she's like, uh, she says they didn't have answers. She realized they did not have answers. And so as a result, um, she decided, I'm done with Christianity. Mm. So basically, she took her Bible, put it on the highest shelf in in her house, along with God, her Christian testimony, everything about her um, involvement in the church, everything, prayer life, put it up on that shelf, walked out, and started doing everything she had taught other women not to do, being with men, bars, drinking, dancing, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And so I started working with him. And he says, she, uh, she's the one that broke the vow. She left the marriage. She's the one who's ruined this thing. She's walked out on me. And I said, do I hear anger, hostility, critical spirit, judgmentalism? And he said, yeah, what do you expect? I said, Christ-likeness. What if that was like Christ? He said, I guess it wasn't. I said, you guess or you know. And so four years later, she came back. She said, I saw you change. I just didn't think it'd last. Wow. He is so good, isn't he? Ken Nair, the author of Discovering the Mind of a Woman, he is also the founder of Christ Quest Ministries. The one thing that got me when he, is when he said, women live in their hearts, men in their head. I don't know about you guys, but that is my biggest takeaway for this week. He's going to cover, I believe, next week, the other two prejudices. So we covered women are impossible to understand. We know that's a lie. Women are the real problem. That's what we want to say. I believe he's going to cover two more next week, that women are inferior to men, and men are supposed to be the boss. And then lastly, guys, if, uh, you know, Christmas is coming, coming around, we're going to be around lots of friends and family, and and uh, holidays are tough for many of us. And if you need to talk to someone, need some counseling, you can jump on the website and talk to me. It's at DustinDaniels.org. You can book some time with me, and uh, we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. You know, it's it's one thing to be in God's Word. It's one thing to read a book about addiction or or anything like that. But it is another to process what you're going through with someone who's been there. And so if that's you, I, I want to invite you to visit the website, book some time with me. I look forward to meeting you. In the meantime, guys, I love you. 
and prayerfully, I'll see you next week. God bless.